Welcome to this week in Missouri Politics from the Missouri State Capitol here in Jeff City. We are joined by the Secretary of State and the newest candidate for governor, Jay Ashcroft. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So I've, I've asked you, I don't know how many times in the last two years, when you're running, how you're running, tried to get a wink and a nudge out of you. Well, you came out and announced. Feel good? I do. Uh, I feel that it will enable me to do things for the people of the state of Missouri that I really haven't been able to push as Secretary of State. It'll enable me to make sure that issues are addressed that I think will help Missouri lead the country in creating opportunity for everyone that lives in Missouri. When you think about running for governor, I assume, you know, pretty big shoes to follow. The old sheriffs had a pretty good list of accomplishments. Why are you a runner? What do you really want to do? What do you want to leave the state as after being governor of the state of Missouri? You know, one of the things that I've talked about as long as I've been Secretary of State are problems we have with education. I remember when my dad was governor decades ago where we were saying we need to make sure every child in the state can get a good education. We haven't accomplished that. As Secretary of State, my oldest child goes to a public high school. My three younger kids go to a private school. We could make it so that every person in this state would have the same ability to control their kids' education that I do. Think of how that would change the opportunity for future generations, how much more likely companies would be to build in Missouri, how much greater would it be when you know that your kids can find a good job and find the life they want in Missouri instead of having to move away. We need to do things like that to show the rest of the country how a state can perform. It's a little scary, though. I mean, sometimes that sounds like a great thing, but it is a little complicated, right? I mean, you, you run into situations like I've seen people talk about these parents' decision stuff. And then I see people say, we don't want to fund wokeness. Well, you fund charter schools, you're funding the wokest institutions in the state history. If you truly want to be free, just like free speech, if you have the right to say what you want to say, you're going to hear stuff you don't like because someone else has the right to say what you don't like. What I think about is it's analogous to when the federal government runs something, states will do it wrong. When states run it, some of them will do it wrong. If we have the government that's in control of all of our schools, a lot of our schools will get it wrong. If we have parents that are doing it, most of our schools will get it right. And frankly, it's just the first step because not everybody's going to get involved in school choice. There are parents that won't do that. What do you but, think of the bill right now that you can go to any public school if they've got room for you? It kind of keeps the woke out of it. Well, it doesn't keep the woke out of it because public schools don't keep the woke out of what they're doing. Look at what we're doing in Missouri. We are spending more money than we ever have on education, and yet our test scores are going down. And besides that... We have a, a foundational question we need to answer. Who should be in charge of kids' education? Should it be the government? Should it be the superintendents? Or should it be parents? I believe in local control. The best local control is mom and dad, grandparents, single mom, single dad, raising their own kids. Let's talk about the family. Uh, when you came in, I, I, I was one of, the, one of the most enjoyable interviews ever done was after you did run for Senate with you and your wife. Because my wife was there. That's what kids will enjoy. She helped. Uh, when you sit down with her this time, I mean, this is obviously one of the big jobs. There's two big jobs to say. There's two U.S. Senate seats and a job down the home. When you sit down with her, what was that conversation like? It was an easy conversation. Uh, looking at U.S. Senate, I would have had to move, would have raised the kids in D.C. or been away from them. I didn't feel like I could get things done in Washington, D.C. as a legislator. As governor, if you're willing to do things, you can actually make a difference, not only in your state, but nationally. Look, I'm an engineer. I'm, I'm not the normal politician that really fixes the blame. I'm an engineer. I fix the problem. 
I want to be in a place where I can make a difference, where I don't just say things, where I'm not just on social media, but I'm doing things. So she was all for it, and I'm blessed that I have a wife that would allow me to do it. I remember a similar line in a similar baritone about fixing the problem, not fixing the blame. Uh, your dad's one of about half a dozen people in the state that probably could tell you best what the job's like. What did he think when you told him he was going to run? Uh, he was ecstatic. He's always believed that governor was the best position he's ever had other than husband and father. And um, he's a believer. He taught me at a young age to believe in public service. Now, I didn't want to get into politics. I wanted to help other people as I worked as an engineer. But I think the greatest thing you can do in life is to make life better for others, to increase the ability for other people to be the best that they can be. That's what I could do in the governor's office. I've worked on that as secretary of state. I'm going to expand upon that as Missouri's governor. So tell me about the campaign. You got some folks lined up to help you. How's it, how's it going to work? Uh, got a lot of great folks that are lined up to help me. A lot of supporters around the state. Uh, my phone's kind of been blowing up today. Uh, and in the uh, days prior, when some people knew about it, have to have it on silent. So I don't interrupt this. Really just thrilled by the outpouring of Missourians that realize that Missouri is not being the best it can be. And we need to do that so that we can be a light for the rest of the country. Got a couple of opponents in the race. One of them firing at you already before you even got in. Um, with this race, you probably started off in the lead by, by a pretty significant chunk. How do you approach that? You know, I, I think that politics screws up and politicians screw up by talking about other people. Uh, I'm not trying to get people to vote against someone else. I'm not trying to say they're bad, don't vote for them. What I'm doing is saying, here's who I am, here's what I've done, here's what I've said. If you want a record of action, if you want a record of doing what one has said they will do, if you believe we can do better, here's my vision. I believe the people will support that, and that's why I'm asking them to vote for me for governor in August. When you break down, let's say you were elected governor in two years. You leave that office after four or eight years. What's something you'd like to see done in the state of Missouri when you headed out of that office? Obviously, education is a big concern of mine. Uh, I want to make sure that we're actually educating kids instead of just spending money. I'd love to see us really make a difference in St. Louis City. You know, a lot of Republicans maybe don't give St. Louis the due that it should have. A lot of rural Republicans. But when St. Louis does well, Missouri does well. well let's be honest. A lot of free cheese is given out in Butler County. It's paid for by St. Louis. And you can't have a suburb of nowhere, right? You know, it is best for the state when we all do well. I, uh, I've worked really hard the last year, had some legislation, didn't make it through on uh, truth and sentencing, on working on reforming some of our juvenile system and juvenile education, on reforming what we can do to actually help people learn skills and get out of the cycle of dependency when they're in prison. I want to see changes made so that companies look at St. Louis and say, what an opportunity, what a logistics help. We want to be there. Our kids can get educated. That should be a great city again in this country, and I want to work to do that. You know, a lot of kitchen tables, they don't understand the approach St. Louis and State. But, I mean, at some point, they had Alderman elections, right? The most progressive liberal candidates did very well. The prosecutor's race. Andrew Bailey may take out the prosecutor. I'm not sure she wouldn't win another election. Yep. At some point, do you not have to convince the folks that live there? Well, I do, and I think that uh, one of the things that people that want to leave this state need to do, especially from the Republican side, we can't just spend our time in rural areas. I, I visit every county in the state at least once a year. Most counties, multiple times, have been doing that since before I was elected and continued it. Uh, we need people that will spend time in St. Louis that are willing to say, no, we're not going to let you do that because you're screwing it up at times, unfortunately. 
the good parent has to say no to kids sometimes, but also when you can find ways to work for it, do that. We need to be doing solutions that are good for the entirety of Missouri. I always thought it was interesting. I mean, people want to say, well, Kim Gardner is not succeeding at this job. We're going to remove her. The interesting part, I've, I finally saw some Republicans say, okay, we're also going to fund 20 lawyers from the AG's office to go in and help. It's like, do you want to tell them what to do? But, but actually, if you're going to do that, it seems like it's almost a moral equivalent to set up and say, okay, we're going to help you do something. If you break it, you bought yeah. kind of a yeah. No, I, I, I do think. And, and we need to get back to an area where Jeff City, if you will, the capital, the legislature, can find a way to work with St. Louis, that it's not just acrimony. I know that the current governor has worked on that and done what he could, but we need to continue to do that. Uh, I think solving that problem in St. Louis, making sure we don't run into some of those same problems in Kansas City, where there are concerns about in Kansas City police. It's easier, though. It does. It's a better relationship with uh, Kansas City than here to St. Louis. You know, uh, it, it does. But uh, we need to find a way to work not just with our rural, but with our, our urban centers. We also need to find a, get a way to get our budget under control. Politicians like to talk about that, but they don't like to do something about that. I think in 2016, Missouri's budget was $27 billion with a B, billion. I believe now we're at $56 billion. In less than 10 years, it's doubled. Is there anybody in this state that thinks they're getting what they're paying for? Is there any one of those states for that, right, that aren't just normal tax and spend reasons? At the same time, we've had the largest tax increase in the history of the state just a couple of years ago. Our reserves are now larger than they were before that, and Missouri families are struggling to make ends meet. We've got to understand that when government is taking up that wealth, it's taking it away from people. Is that larger? It seems like um, if folks, I, I thought the great point was send it back to the people, right? And to me, there was an issue that come with that. There was more than one thing in there, in the, in the initial thing they voted on. It wasn't just a gas tax increase for roads. It was high patrols in there. It seems like there's a way to take that back to the public and get, a, get an up or down vote on just the roads. Well, and the, the gas tax that was passed by the legislature never went to a vote of the people. I fought to make that go to a vote of the people. Um, I pushed during the extraordinary session to get some legislators to introduce a joint resolution, say, Governor, we'll help you with this but you let us do this, that would say we're not going to have any statewide tax increases without a vote of the people and not a dime of taxpayer money may be spent unless it's appropriated by the legislature. The people should control the purse and the people's representatives should have oversight to make sure it's spent well. Secretary Jay, Jay Esdrop, as the campaign unfolds, hope you come back and talk about it here with us on this week in Missouri. Happy to. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Kathy Lowjoy joins for the first time from Carthage, Missouri. But first, go to showmissouri.com. This is to Missouri one county at a time. We went down to Ripley County, the Battle of Donald, my old buddy, Commissioner Jesse Roy. Go to show Missouri, this year Missouri, one count at a time, Ripley County this week. We'll be right back after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople, while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. All throughout Missouri, businesses are struggling to find workers. Childcare challenges are a big reason why. Our kids are losing out too. 
Through high-impact early childhood investments, we can support the workforce of today and better prepare our workforce of tomorrow. Empower families with the resources they need to succeed. Reduce crime and avoid costly interventions, saving taxpayers money. Together, we can make Missouri the best place to work, raise a family, and be a kid. We all know puppy mills, cruelty, neglect, and pet store puppies are at high risk for disease, even death. We expect our laws to protect dogs, but now an out-of-state company called Petland is trying to change our state law to enable puppy mill cruelty. We all know it'll hurt the dogs we love. Contact your state legislators. Tell them, protect our dogs. Vote no on the cruelty. Vote no on the harmful puppy mill bill. Data captured by our state-of-the-art monitors helps us pinpoint the timing and location of severe weather more accurately and respond to trouble more quickly. Ameren Missouri's investment in smart technologies like this is one way we're improving reliability and restoring power faster than ever. Responding to trouble before trouble hits. That's energy at work. Ameren Missouri. Welcome back to Weekend Missouri Politics. Two first-timers on the show this week. Representative Jamie Johnson from the Great Northland, right? Yes. Not the Great Northwest, that's Hagemans. It's the Great Northland, right? I like the royal blue, looks very nice. Representative Ashley Ani, if you can't see it, a little further south, right? Uh, actually, a little further north. Oh, she's the yes. one from the south, I got it. Yeah, well, you've been on several times right now, you? For the first time on Kathy Joe Lloyd from Carthage, Missouri, running for state rep, right? Yes. Welcome to this week in Missouri politics. And everybody knows Chad Perkins from Bowling Green, uh, Champ Clark country. Champ Clark. Uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons, who coached the Phoenix Suns. Nice. Born and raised in Bowling Green. Well, so if you wanted to bet on the Phoenix Suns in Missouri right now, you're out of luck, right? So explain sports betting to me, Chad. It just feels like you tax so much of people's income. The little bit you let them keep, why can't they bet it on the Chiefs? Well, I'll tell you why. The problem is, obviously, the Senate has spoken pretty loud and clear. They don't want VLTs attached to it. If you attach VLTs to a sports betting bill, it's going down in flames. My constituents went for sports betting. I would like to see a clean sports betting bill come out of the House or come out of the Senate, get across the finish line, clean, no amendments on it. Is this one of those things that you can point to and be like, well, Republicans just can't get things done? I think so, honestly. With a super majority, why can we not get the thing done that I think the three of us here are pretty bipartisanly in favor of? Kathy Joe, I hear people in the campaign all summer talk about, we're gonna let get government out of your life, leave right. people alone except the 18 things we want to force you to do and hoops we want you to jump through. Those things are good. It, it does look a little silly. I personally am not a gambler. I want my mom to make sure she heard that. But, but I just have a hard time saying, well, you shouldn't be able to, right? Right. And I think that that's what the Republicans need to hone in on. Are we really the Liberty platform? And if we are, then let's get out of people's lives. I'm not a better either, and I'm not really into sports. So it's really, I'm a Chiefs fan, but that's about as far as it goes. So. See, I'm not a sports fan. I'm just a Cardinal fan. But it's more of a religious experience for exactly. me than it is anything else. Chad Burgess, uh, if, if there is a bill that comes out of the Senate with VLTs attached, does it pass the House? I mean, then the onus goes to the House to say, well, just eat it and get it over with. Well, for starters, there's not going to be one come out with VLTs attached to it. First of all, Chad, a VLT, tell folks what that is. And those video, video lottery terminals, you see them. There are like 30,000 of them across the state of Missouri right now. Every convenience store you go into, every bar, every VFW, they have them. Are they legal? Are they not legal? Is it a gray area? I don't know. Uh, but but you, get, you have to have a clean 
sports betting bill well, with no amendment. Let's say you have a gray sports betting bill with gray machines attached to it or VLTs attached to that. Does it pass the house? No. Really? I mean, oh, it passed the house? Yes, it passes the house. It's not going to pass the Senate. Let's say you get a bill come over that has these VLTs on it. I think you guys just say, okay, fine, and vote for it, right? Not me, not in Platte County. They are illegal in Platte County. Wow, they you guys are, are not in really Platte illegal County. in Platte County. Oh, it's not yeah. theoretical. They like it. They are illegal in Platte County, and we do not have them in Platte County because of our prosecutor. So, yeah. So, but it passes, right? I do think the votes are there. I think that the appetite is there for sports betting enough that people are willing to take BLTs with it. I just hope it doesn't come to that. I mean, really, it does. You, know, you walk into a gas station, it seems a little much, right? But you walk into the Eagles Lodge here in Jeff City, they're off in a room. It, it is, you know, it's, it, you, if they have one, which I can't confirm or deny that they do, but if they did have one, uh, it doesn't, that's whatever, right? It just seems to me like who cares? The gas station stuff, eh, maybe put in the back corner or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And when we have our little kids coming in and they're wanting candy and then they see this machine there, then they want to, you know, it just, it gets complicated. Well, I'm mad because Gussie's always lost. If he ever won some money at it, it'd be a totally different situation. I'd be all in. Exactly. Let's talk about schools. He should be in school anyway. He shouldn't be out gambling. But uh, Brad Paul had a bill that you guys have moved over to the Senate. It, it, it basically said if a school district has some open seats and they want to allow some kids from other districts to come through and they want to come, they can. Mm -hmm. It seemed like giving school boards an option was a, was a fine thing. Got through. Tell me how that, how, you, how that felt when it left the chamber and what you think that'll come back looking like. I am not even going to guess what it's going to come back looking like. But what I will say is when it left the chamber, I think that there was there's some genuine um, bipartisan interest and dissension on the bill. You know, mm -hmm. I think we saw we it's saw. Yeah, I think most of our most of our caucus was a no on that bill. Um, and and really I, a hard no, though, I feel like they were kind of a soft no. I think a lot of us were hard nosed, and I think that the reason for that is because we are truly worried about consolidation in rural school districts. Yeah, um, and, we're, and we're worried that um, there are going to be kids who are left behind. Um, I don't believe that this is an equitable way to um, allocate funds for our children, um, and, and I worry. I worry that there are kids who are disadvantaged who are going to be even further disadvantaged. Jeff Burgers, it, uh, the consolidation thing to me is a big deal, and. You know, friends in the suburbs of the Republican Party could care less, which is fine. But it, it does feel to me like there's almost a sense that if you can go to a smaller school, you're probably going to try. I, I'm almost I almost see it differently. I think maybe you're going to see people leave the bigger school to go to the smaller school. That's the way I see it also, Scott. You know, in rural Missouri, we have ownership in our school district. Yeah. Uh, it's a part of our lives that bonds our communities together. I think Brad's bill is pretty well written. I think it takes into consideration a lot of things. It keeps all the money in the private sector. With that being said, I, I, I agree with you. I think people, you'll see people leave the larger schools and come to a smaller school district. Does it put at risk some things like maybe some K-8 schools? I've heard that argument. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's yet to be determined, but um, I think that, you know, Brad included that part that says you can't transfer to play sports. You can't form a super basketball team, a super football team. It has to be for academics. Brad's bill is well-written. He worked in public schools for 30 years. He's put a lot of work into it, and I have faith in Brad. Of course, there will be people that use it for super teams. I mean, obviously, duh. Uh, but no, seriously, if it comes back loaded up with a bunch of other, I, it felt like that's about what you would get through the House. It's, you know, it, well, it was not easy getting it through the House. Yeah. As you know, it's a pretty close vote. Uh, I, think, I think many amendments on it could, could hurt it, yeah. You know a lot about education policy. When this, when this was moving through the House, what would you think? Well, I, ha I have some problems because I like it wide open for everybody. I'm probably a, um, 
more let's just let freedom reign. And so I had some problems with some of the restrictions I felt that were on it. I don't think we're gonna see mass exoduses, but I do think that like in Joplin where we have a huge school, that maybe some of these students need some smaller schools, some more one-on-one, -on -one, and can they move over? When I hear school districts say, we can't let those students in, the hair on the back of my head stands up. I'm like, yes, you can let those students in. So, um, you know, I have a problem with that my closed son, door policy. He did a year in Baldwin. Mm -hmm. He likes to tell me he wish he could have done two in Folsom. Yeah. But he did not want to go to a big school. I almost think them city people, maybe instead of them telling us to consolidate our schools, they should deconsolidate their schools. It might Good be better point. off. <laughs> Johnson, um, you, this is, this, I, if I had to guess in your first year, this might have been as complex of an issue as you've had to deal with because you have all the different constituencies and, and it is a very innovative thing from Brad Pollitt, a, a, a qualified supporter of public education. He's a Friday Night Lights guy. But he came up with this idea that, that, that I think made everybody, no matter where you were on this issue, feel a little uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I, definitely. Because, I mean, I represent a suburban district. Mm -hmm. I grew up in, a urban, in the urban core. So I understand the needs of both. And so it, it was very complicated vote for me because I'm also hearing from my suburban constituents that don't necessarily want to spend more money or spend the exact same amount of money educating a larger number of students, which means the pool of resources is diluted. Plus, in the urban core schools that will lose students, they will also lose money because of the daily attendance, in, which is in down. the foundation formula. Depending on which suburb you live in, right? At school mm -hmm. district, you pay a different tax levy. So yeah. you could have people paying a higher tax levy, sometimes significantly higher than a adjoining district. Yeah. But the state money comes with this kid, but that levy on that house over here is right. far lower. So you really are paying the freight for someone else. I mean, right. So in our school district, we only get about 27% of our per student uh, funding from the state. So if there is a school, a child who leaves our school district that goes to somewhere where they have more, where they get a larger share of that state pot, they're going to lose because we, we don't, our tax base funds a large portion of our per, per pupil funding. So yeah, it's a shell game. Jed Perkins next week when the sitting gets done with this bill, is it something that can pass the house? Yes, I think so. What do you think? I think they'll wreck it and they won't. It'll be funny. It'll go from this to nothing. Um, let's talk about the governor's race. Uh, so we've had Mike Keogh has been running for a while. Got endorsed by, I mean, if you haven't endorsed Mike Keogh yet, it's because you're not a member of something, right? Uh, Bill Eichel's been running, running hard, running a good, probably, I think Bill Eichel's maybe running the better campaign of anybody in the state right now. He's been attacking the Secretary of State, who's the front runner. And I mean, and, and landing some shots. I've seen the Secretary of State do a few different things, you know, in response to some of these criticisms. Jay Ashcroft gets in. And then on the Democrat side, a person you may have heard of, what's her name, Quaid, I think? Mm, she yeah, put out there. a statement that sounds like a person that's running for governor. It sounds like someone who has a vested interest in this race to me. <laughs> and uh, you well know, who, who runs our state is a serious concern. Um, I think that, that time will tell um, who's gonna get on the race on, on our side, but um, it's been fascinating watching uh, the three folks at the top scramble for the first place. So now there's three folks in. I love following your there's Twitter account. There's actually four. We have a guy from Joplin, Missouri, Chris Wright, who's announced that he's writing. There you go. He's putting a lot of signs out already. Quartet. Look <laughs> there at him. You go. He's missed a fence in Butler County, but I'm sure it's coming. So you, I love your Twitter account. People can see it on the lower third because you talk to a lot of people around the state. You have a very wide network geographically of folks. Size it up. Right now, what are we, year and three, four months out? Where's the race at now that everybody's officially in? I guess everybody yes. from Joplin's in. Yeah. Size it up for me. 
Well, I think that we are really divided still in Southwest Missouri because, and we're starting to make camps. And I want us to remember as Republicans, we're unified. We have one big tent. So how do we do that when we all have differences of opinions? So we have three guys in the race that we're four or four. It's gonna be tough. So I'm gonna be watching really closely. I'm gonna be really careful that I don't come out and endorse, but I am gonna well, be watching very closely. I do think you accomplished being careful. Chad Burgess, be a little less careful. Size it up for me. All three of the Republicans have 25% right now. Bill Igel, Jay Ashcroft. I don't buy that at all. No, and let me tell you why. Mike Kehoe as well. You're thinking that Bill Igel might not, but you're right. He's landed some shots. His Facebook, his his social media has gotten out big. Of course, Jay Ashcroft. My mom. You might have heard of Jay Ashcroft's daddy. My mom, who doesn't know anything at all about politics, when she shows up to vote next August, is going to say, "Huh, Ashcroft, that guy's all right. Absolutely. It goes a long way." Mike Kehoe. I mean, nobody is smoother. If you smoother. meet Mike Kehoe. Nobody's smoother. Nobody's more polished. He knows the issues. And he's kind. If you actually meet Mike Kehoe as a Democrat, Jim, I mean, if you meet Mike Kehoe, I mean, there's a darn good chance you're going to vote for Mike Kehoe, right? I've seen him at a number of events, uh, United We events and things that I support. And so, I mean, if I had to pick between, between the three or four. Well, I mean, if you, just, uh, if you just met the guy, <laughs> yeah. if, if the Capitol caught on fire nice and Mike guy. Kehoe started giving orders, People just follow him. He's yes. just a leader. Yeah. So size it up. Uh, if you, uh, your friend, who hypothetically may or may not be considering this race, uh, who, who, where do you think it stands right now? Looking at it from the other side. Unfortunately, I do think that we're seeing Ashcroft rising to the top um, pretty quickly. I think that he's been running without officially running for a while now, and people have been expecting this announcement. But, but don't you think when you have that last name, which is a wonderful asset to have, you start higher and you're going to fall some? That's my I mean, hope. There's no doubt. Whatever he's at now. You, you can't maintain that. It's a lot of name ID, right? He's ran Absolutely. statewide. You know, he's, he's Absolutely. I don't think that he can ride on his daddy's coattails forever, though. But so I think we'll see. Bill Igel can improve. Mike Eo can improve. I think, if anything, the race is definitely, wherever it is now, it'll be a little closer. Mm -hmm. It's just, can they eat into that name ID lead? Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that that's, I think the name ID, honestly, to Representative Perkins' point, is so, a huge issue. So in we race. know they've been sworn to silence. Who do you, who would you prefer to see on the other side? Crystal Craig run against. Who could you beat? Jay Ashcroft. Who could you beat? Jay Ashcroft. Really? I don't know that I agree with that one, but uh, but that's interesting to see. And I, but I will say the Crystal Quay that was given out quotes today. Okay, you don't want to mess with her too much. I mean, you'd rather not have that fight on your hands. All right, with a minute left, who won the week? I would say the uh, young people who walked out of classes yesterday um, in protest of the things that we are not doing in this building. They are the future leaders. They will replace us in this building, and I'm very proud of Give them. Give me a prediction. In the eight years you're here, will you be able to come up with something that can be done that would assuage some of those kids' concerns? Not if, we, not if the Republicans hold the supermajority. What do you think? I think that the people who won the week are Asian Americans in Missouri. Uh, Representative Emily Weber had a fantastic bill of presentation for AAPI month. Uh, Representative Seitz was a true joy um, uh, chairing the committee hearing. And the folks who got a voice in that room uh, were incredibly impressive. And I'm really excited to see that bill move forward. She's just cool. I, I mean, I like She it. is cool. Who won the week? <laughs> I hope Missourians won the week because that's what this building's all about is the Missourians are winning. So I hope that that's what's happening. Well, the, the Cardinals <laughs> were winning the week until the Braves came to town, and then not so much. That's true. So, the, week. the Deverne Lee Calloway Missouri Woman of the Year recipient this year is one of my constituents. Nice. I'm going to tell you this because I've been told I can. She's 82. 
She still works every day volunteering. She volunteers with the VFW with the Bethel AME Church. She works with the, with the Clopton School Kids at 82, Painesville Mayor Joanne Hammock, my, my constituent. One I love week. it. I love it. I am going to say the liberator of High Street, the new mayor of Jefferson City, Missouri, Ron Fitzwater. The people have lived under such terrible oppression from all over the state as they've came here. Your constituents suffer every week. Finally, Ron Fitzwater came in and put that boot right on the neck of government. Ron Fitzwater won the week, hell, maybe the year. We'll see you back here next week for This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and the United Electric Cooperative.